Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome back to Why This Film, the podcast where we delve into your childhood, find a movie, rewatch it and have a chat. It's been a whole year that I've been gone. Muppets Christmas Carol was our final episode back in December 2017, which sounds a lot farther away than it actually was. Um, I have been gone away a year. I've been at drama school. I just popped to Ealing for a few months, learnt a couple of new tongue twisters, and now I'm back. I'm back and I'm raring to go. So welcome back to Why This Film. You watched it so many times before and now you're gonna watch it again. But it's been so many years since you last saw it and now you show it to your friends and they're like, what? What am I watching? Why? What? Why? Why this film? And to kick things off, we have someone who helped me sort of wind things down back at the end of 2017. I'm here with Flo Venom. Hello! Hello! So, as I said, we did finish with Muppets Christmas Carol drinking game. We did, and I've been hungover since (laughs) (laughs) This entire time. I would not be surprised. We did mix Contro with tequila, um, which was not a good idea, as far as I recall. Um, (laughs) You know what? I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, So, yes... We have come back, season three, episode one, diving straight in. Uh, the movie that has been chosen today is David Copperfield, 1993. IMDb describes this as an animated version of the classic David Copperfield story filled with music, colour and anthropomorphic versions of the classic characters. How accurate would you say that is, Flo? <laughs> Well, I think it did a good job of it for about 40 minutes. And then there was a line where someone said, oh, you haven't heard about the cheese monster, have you? <laughs> and after that point, they pretty much were like, it's not really David Copperfield we're, anymore. We're taking a bit of artistic well, Yeah, we're license. taking a sidestep here and there's a cheese monster. It's a cheese monster. Um, so what's, what's your relationship with this film? So I had this film um, recorded off the TV onto a VHS. Classic. Um, Absolutely classic. Yeah, like, and I've had it as long as I can remember. And mm-hmm. I used to watch it a lot. Um, because I think I fancied the... David Copperfield cat. Oh, please don't tell me that. <laughs> and I, I spent like kind of 10 years having forgotten about it. Mm. And then you may recall, you and I lived together I, in uni. I do. And there was a moment when I was suddenly like, I just have memories of this song that goes something we, we like. We were in the depths of YouTube, as it were, and you were like, while we're here. Yeah. And um, I always had this refrain in my head of, welcome to my warehouse. And uh, we found it. We did. We found it almost instantly. <laughs> we did. <laughs> Called that specifically. Yeah, literally. Um, and we we did. We watched that. We watched a couple of the other songs as well from this classic animated tale. Yeah. Not um, quite as memorable. Well, it took, as I recall, we watched that. And mm. then um, kind of later on, I was still thinking about it. <laughs> A few years later. Yeah, found out we were living together again. Yes, uh, (laughs) happened many times. Um, Yeah, and so it was interesting to rewatch it. Mm. Yes, I'd obviously seen I'd I'd seen a couple of clips from YouTube of of a few of the songs, um, which are bangers. I have to say, sure. Um, 
you know, they're not up there with the Disney classics. They're, they're no I Renaissance. They might be. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them, perhaps. Um, God, where do we start? Where do we start with this movie? Um, so it was weirder than I remembered. I'm not gonna lie. I had I had to give myself a bit of an interval. Yeah. I had I, I had to take a break. I had to as well. <laughs> this thing, I thought it was doing quite well, and I was like, yes, yeah, this is as good as I remember it yeah. being. And it does start off, as you say, very close to the Dickens novel. Truly, like it's okay. He's got a little pigeon friend in a bowler hat. Yeah, but ultimately, it's but the know. same story. Yeah. but he's a cat. Yeah. Exactly. And then it suddenly takes this weird turn. Mm -hmm. And yeah, okay, like I get that they had to skip a lot of the plot of David Copperfield. Yeah, and a lot of it's perhaps inappropriate for children. There's a lot of deaths. I think he has like three girlfriends before he gets to Agnes and all of them die. Well, he has one of them gets like scandalised. and uh, Uh, Yeah. uh, yeah. And one of them he marries but then she dies. And then he finally marries Agnes. Agnes. Um, oh, whereas Agnes. obviously in this one, um, he meets Agnes and she is the daughter of a duke. Yes. Bit of a surprise there. Who runs a factory but he, doesn't actually... He, like, he like rents owns... out a factory to a, to a merchant. Um, so the plot of David Copperfield from this film's perspective is, like, on brand, he uh, lives with his mother, his dad died before he was born, yep. and Peggotty, and he's a... Uh, um, creative young mm. child and his mother in a bid to give him a good father figure and because she's quite frail gives him um, she marries Mr Murdoch, Mr. Murdoch. and um, he's a little more villainous in this but that's what you'd expect a, a, li- a little like, he kidnaps children off the street to work in his cheese factory and like the skies become thunder every time he's around it's true like every angle of him is like from below and he's always like leering down on the camera and it literally is raining consistently <laughs> and then he'll go off screen and the sun will come out again it's like, true like he is beyond evil and um, he's also a lion he's for... a lion so yeah really weird world so David Copperfield but and pals are like yeah they're, they're, they're all animals cats dogs birds for some reason aren't anthropomorphic anthropomorphic (laughs) anthropomorphic yes yes they're not that but uh they actually are just birds yeah 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 but uh, everyone else is like a cat or a dog or a lion or a rat or a there there are some monkeys the macaws are monkeys um so steerforth isn't in this is he no he's not he's replaced by like wannabe artful dodger well do you (laughs) okay I'll tell the story of what it is about first, and then I'll tell you what that guy's name is. Okay. Um, (laughs) So it's keeping on brand with David Copperfield. Mm -hmm. um, And then instead of sending him to a wine factory, which is what Mr. Murdoch does after quite a lot of plot, um, he sends him to a cheese factory. And you're like, that's cool. We can't really get into wine with the kids. Cheese is like, you know, goes well with wine. (laughs) There you go. Perfect. I mean, it's a little more... um, it's a really nefarious place. <laughs> it's like illegal even by Victorian yeah, standards. Yeah, it's unbelievably evil. Like, and he doesn't even like efficiency. Like when they no. do anything that makes the job easier and happen quicker, he he just wants the children. He just to be wants sad. them to suffer. So 
it's all on brand, and then and they're living with the Macorbers. Yes. Um, and then suddenly they're like, by the way, there's a cheese monster. It's a giant vulture that flies through the sky and like kills you if you run away. Yeah. Is that what they were saying? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, it took me a while to understand the concept of the cheese monster. The it's vulture, just a fucking vulture. It's a vulture that just sits on the roof of the factory. Yeah. But it's a, like, threatening presence. Yeah, that it, like a weird noise, and they're like, oh, that's the monster, you can't... That's the cheese monster. They go, the cheese... <laughs> the cheese monster. Call her by her full title. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, madam cheese monster. Um, and then it goes even more, like... I mean, we throw Agnes in. She's not introduced in the way she is in David Copperfield. She but... is so poorly underwritten. And I know we're in a 1993 anthropomorphic animated Canadian French version of David Copperfield. But even within those boundaries, she's t- terrible. But you can tell that they're meant to be together because they look the same. She looks like his mum. She really does. With, Same with, colour and everything. With weird, like, ringlets yeah. coming out the back of her head. Yeah. So we've been introduced <laughs> to the cheese monster. As you know, there's quite a lot more that happens in the book. But according to this film, what happens is that he um, escapes with the help of his friend, who I won't say the name of yet. And, um, <laughs> the suspense is killing me. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so he runs away with Agnes... And he goes to find his aunt, who hates boys, so she stormed out when he was born. But um, she now suddenly, like, had a change of heart. So suddenly. Um, On the way there, him and Agnes get attacked by warthogs and uh, pushed over the edge of a waterfall by Mr. Murdoch. Who's hunted them (laughs) down. Who's hunted them down. In order to kill them, because he's got his own shit going on with wills and factory deeds. Yes. And he needs David to be out of the picture, basically. Yeah. Um, David's mum dies, just like in the book. Oh, yeah. But there's just all this other complex randomly. stuff around it. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets to Betsy Trotwood, rather than doing the whole thing where she's like, takes pity, and but she's like, you must always live as your sibling, whatever. And Trotwood. I shall call you Trotwood. Yes. Trotwood Copperfield. Exactly. Um, instead she's just instantly like... Oh fucking dare, Mr. Murdoch. <laughs> She's like, screw She's like, my child. I've been thinking about you since the day you were born. Bearing in mind the last time we saw this woman was about 45 minutes ago, where she stormed out after having a banger of a song literally entitled I Hate Boys. And she was disgusted with him. Like throwing up in the streets. And now she's just like, I'm so glad you finally made it to my house in Devon. Yeah. I'm (laughs) going to get that Murdoch back. So she storms single-handedly into the factory and takes down all of the guards. (laughs) With like an umbrella, which is like the classic old lady weapon. Yeah. And the plan is, I guess, just to release all the workers. Um, Davy climbs up onto the roof. Yes. Murdoch leans out the window and shouts, Hand me that cheese gun! And, oh, uh, and starts shooting out the window. I've written in, in caps lock here. <laughs> cheese gun. Cheese gun. Cheese gun. He's shooting like with a blunderbuss, but it's like... Uh, portions of cheese that come but is flying it, is out. It, is it the melted cheese that's previously been aforementioned as a whole subplot? You know, the like evil melted Yeah, so cheese. this is one thing I actually failed to mention um, mm. when we were talking about the cheese monster stuff. It's we really should have subplot. got into um, shortly before um, Davy's mother dies. Yes. Um, <laughs> of, her cough. Of, of the incurable cough of death. Yes. Um, <laughs> she 
he uh, finds out about the Moldies, who are a bunch of like weird purple things that live in purple the cellar. Goo? Yeah, as a result of a cheese explosion, yeah. who like became infected, and yeah. and that's just a plot point of David Copperfield, and there's yeah. nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, really. yeah, that's just we all know the Moldy storyline of David. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, this is important to know because when they storm the place um, and after they've successfully um, pushed a globe of cheese on top of Murdoch and Grimsby and uh, pushed them into the river and then some random voice, like off screen, yells, it's off to prison with you two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to establish that, what happened to them. one person who's like covering for the rest of the voice <laughs> acting. He's appearing in all the songs... With his like weird American twang, yeah, and then he's there to just be like, "It's shouted out that Davy's not here." Yeah, he's it's just there the to like, with you. I'm exposition man. It sucks that Jamie's mum's dead. Yeah. He's, he's that guy. Um, so he does that. The workers seize the means of production. Yeah. That's what they do, and um, then. That's sort of, oh right, and then the mouldies are cured by by sunlight. Sunlight, sunlight, sunlight is the cure for mould. Um, and so they're all healed. And then it's Christmas. And then it's Christmas. It's immediately Christmas. And they also which means it's Davy's birthday. And I wrote this down. It is. It is. I thought that as well. I wrote this down because like Betsy Trotswood, they did her dirty. They did her dirty. Did they? So she's she's been like, I hate boys. This entire time, she's been very adamant about that, but very caring for her family, very loving for her family. She lives in with this, like, Edwin wannabe parrot, who, like, sounds like... Like, Edwin was the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland. That sort of, like... Oh, God! That sort of, like, lispy... Really hard sort of to listen to, that very, parrot. That, that sort of... Quite like, irritating. Pre-Gilbert Gottfried Aladdin yeah. parrot by about two years... Uh, it's all of the same tree though it's that annoying fucking parrot that you wish would stop that you wish would just shut up and like he's he's there and like they clearly have this relationship and like it's fine and it's loving and it's lovely and then and then all of a sudden Betsy Trotz was like getting with the Duke yeah I was just like get your heteronormativity out of my shitty French Canadian anthropomorphic animated musical adaptation of Charles Dickens' David Copperfield. <laughs> so true, so true. Because otherwise, it would have been great. Just <laughs> that scene where she cozies up to the two bullshit. So that is the plot of David Copperfield, as I've understood it to be <laughs> for the last twenty what? years. Theatrical production. No, I wasn't. I was in great expectations. By the way, love that line where he said, "Yes, um, something like happiness leads people to have great expectations." Loved and he, it. he literally looks into the camera yeah. at that point as well. Um, so, will you tell me what the name of the shirtless dog is? Yeah. So. Um, Okay, so when I was re-watching it, I was like, oh, what character is this supposed to be? I don't really... Like, it could be... I assume he was from the school, could be Steerforth, could be the friend who, like, was always anti-Steerforth, but, like, was, um, uh, like, try, a smart person, but he couldn't get that far in the world because he had low, you know, yeah. upbringing. Um, Plenty it, of them. It's Measly Potatoes. That's his name. He is a character in the book... But like fairly mentioned, and I don't. I think it was a bit of a throwaway name, and they were like, 
Measly Potatoes the dog, and I didn't clock it for ages because they keep just casually calling him like, oh, Mealy. Oh, it's Mealy Potatoes. I'm so sorry. It's not, it's not Measly. Mealy. So they keep calling him like, oh, Mealy. And I was like, oh, Millie. Millie the dog. And then suddenly Mr. McCorber calls him Mr. Potatoes. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh. Oh. Ah, it's oh. everyone's favourite character <laughs> out of David Copperfield's many, many friends from this enormous volume of text. It's Mealy Potatoes. It's Mealy Potatoes. It's Mr. Mealy Potatoes. <laughs> the shirtless, kind of hench. Kind of hot. Kind of hot. <laughs> I'm glad you said it before I did. He's a very handsome dog. I mean, I know as a, as a child I found him very irritating. No, he's he's less irritating than David Copperfield himself. This is the thing. I think as a kid I was just taking, like, the movie was telling me Davey mm. was a great guy. No, that's And fair. all I was learning about this dog was true. that he was, like, a bit of a smart ass. So I was like, he's kind Dude. of shit. Whereas Davy's like sweet and he wants to save his mum and blah blah blah. Yeah. But it's only when you rewatch it as an adult you're like, Davy's a freaking idiot. Dave, measly potatoes is where it's kind of at. Yeah. Because David Copperfield doesn't wear trousers for half of this. He started in like a full on suit with a hat and then he takes his trousers <laughs> off once it goes to the back. <laughs> and he never puts them back on again. Meanwhile, Mealy Potatoes <laughs> is in like some. Pretty cool trousers. Never wears a shirt, though. Never wears a shirt. Doesn't need to. Got a great upper body. <laughs> He's got abs. He's got, like, a bandana that he, like, uses as a sling. Slingshot, yeah. And he, and he has this little... It was great. He has this, like, artful dodger. And I mean that in the Dickens sense. And I 100% more so mean that in the, like, Oliver and Company sense. Mm. Where he has this... He literally... He says the line, like... You read a lot of books, Davy, But you need to learn how to read the streets. And there's a gap, there's a very small gap. And in that gap, my brain went, if there's not a song about the streets, immediately I'm going to throw my laptop out it's the window. It's such a setup of like, and, there was. and then Davey goes, read the streets? What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> and then it's, I don't remember how it goes. You gotta be street smart, oh, yeah. quick and slow, street smart. Like, this is the thing. I didn't realise until I was rewatching it how much I knew these songs. <laughs> yeah. And then suddenly I was like, I know all the words to this. <laughs> Everything apart from the boring love song. Which oh my god, which is repeated like three times. <laughs> Always accompanied by like an acid trip where it's like previous clips from the movie. Yeah. And a rainbow. Yes. Like running over the rainbow. <laughs> and look, remember when you met your pigeon friend yeah. 40 minutes Which ago? has nothing to do with what nothing we're talking about. But we need to rerun some of these clips because we don't have enough money We've to recorded anymore. this song and we didn't think about what we'd be doing. <laughs> Literally. And they do that like four times. Like they, they do it a lot. My favourite thing about the first moment where he sings that, when he's locked in the tower, which already let's establish... Yeah, it's that moment. So he is being punished from misbehaving at the factory by being thrown into a tower with a bed in it and not having to work. Yeah! <laughs> with, like, comfy straw. And, like, I think his friend's there. Yeah, his mate's there to chat with him. So he's not even, like, alone? And he doesn't have to work anymore? Yeah. I, like, when I was, even as a child, I was like, I feel like Wait, I just misbehave all the time. <laughs> yeah. Go in the tower. That's the punishment. <laughs> But um, yeah. so he sings out the window, and it's a it's a heartfelt moment where Julian Lennon, son of John Lennon, no, yeah, I knew I was meant to know that name, yeah, 
because I kind of recognise the set. Well, I mean, he's incredibly famous for playing David Copperfield in 93. <laughs> but, um, what's a really interesting bit about that scene is that it's like it's played like a standard musical scene and um, his girlfriend hears him singing from far away and she's moved by what he's saying and lots of there's lots of just like sort of random still shots of people looking up at the sky but then it's established really heavily that everyone literally heard him singing and like yeah the villains quote him several times yeah, as a joke so he genuinely sang really loudly out the window like <laughs> how does that song go it's like is there it's like is there someone out there that can like be my lover, lover. or something but it's like someone to hold someone to hold to be with uh, forever it was just a really interesting thing because they play it like a musical word in every other sense where people don't talk about the fact that they've just sung yeah it's just it's clearly just a part of it and then suddenly there's lots of weird lines where the villains are like everyone heard you singing last night didn't they and it's really embarrassing and you should feel embarrassed and you're like oh god (laughs) i was an embarrassed boy that's terrible it's so awful definitely the weaker song Followed very closely by the song he sings for his mum. Yeah, you know, I loved that as a child. And the reason I loved it is because I love the three outfits he wears and the imagination trip. Right. So, do you know what David Copperfield was missing, listeners? A dragon. Do you know what we get in this version of David Copperfield? A dragon. So, to explain, it's a scene where he sings a lovely little song on the harpsichord that goes, I'll be your hero and he because we know that he loves books and he's going to become a writer when he's older just like charles dickens he um sings a song and it creates a situation where there's three versions of him um one of them like a robin hood type one of them uh lancelot yeah and one of them ivanhoe ivanhoe yes ivanhoe from the crusades i don't know who ivanhoe i don't know he looked like he was from the crusades he looked yeah Either way, he's up there with like Robinson Crusoe. You know, me as a kid, and I told you I fancied the cat, and I was mm-hmm. like, I love all those outfits, love it. Um, they are they, outfits. He has a little fantasy situation where he fights a dragon to save his mum. It's like cute. cute. It's, it's, it's cute. a bit, it's a bit Freudian. A little bit, a little bit Oedipal, a little bit, just, just the whole thing was just a bit like, wow, this boy really loves his mum. He does, though. Like, in a way that he's, Envisioning her as made Mary into his Robin Hood, and it's his mum. But wouldn't you do anything to save your mummy? Yes, but I wouldn't envision her as the maid Mary into my Robin Hood. If she got kidnapped by a dragon, though, uh, yeah, I would like... save my mum. Are you saying you wouldn't? I'm not saying that at all. Are you saying you wouldn't split yourself into three different versions of yourself? Of course, I would split myself into three different versions of myself: Lancelot, Robin Hood, and everyone's favourite, <laughs> Ivan. <laughs> Well, then you can relate. <laughs> to, to I, I agree it's not the strongest song, but that's only because there are true bangers. I mean, oh, I... Okay, really so are. if we're going to rate it, I agree that the love song is the worst one because yes. we can't remember how that goes. Not at all. Not even me. I've, <laughs> seen, I've seen, seen it, it 20 times. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then um, I would actually argue that 
the really short song that comes at the end after they defeat Murdoch that oh, goes, yeah. you're a big cheese now. I'm oh my God. <laughs> We're all big cheese now. I loved that song. You're a big cheese now. I'm a small cheese now. And no, I'm... no one's a small cheese, Emily. That's the whole point, point of the song. song. We're all Sorry. big cheese. Big cheese, bigger cheese, bigger oh, cheese. Yeah. <laughs> no one is a small cheese. Everyone's a something. I'm sure there's more tune to it, but I'm pretty it sure that's how it goes. Great. It was sang by my favourite man, Norman Grolfs. <laughs> he, was, he was additional voices and singers oh. in those songs. Third song, I would probably agree it's the um, it's the mum song. No, what about the finale song where it's all like, We are a family now and it's Christmas and it's the end. Does that even count? The like it was, the credits. Yeah, it was. Because it starts with family the Christmas. That's how it yeah. goes, right? Which I didn't, you know, I should have said because last season you were doing Christmas things. Yeah. Are you clock that this was this a Christmas, is quite Christmas film? Dickens but it starts and ends on a Christmas. Film. Yeah. So. It's a Christmas movie. Here we are in July doing a Christmas movie. What have you done? <laughs> All I remembered was the cheese monster. <laughs> um, they, uh, yeah, so I would say, actually, no, I guess Family Christmas. You know what? Actually, I'm going to move up the mum song because we've got, on, like, man. imagination. It's memorable. What's the yeah. So Imagination is the song that's sung. That one is American. Right. Don't know who it's sung by, Probably but some American dude singing it, and it's got Mr. McCorber talking over it, going, Imagination! Yeah. Imagination! If you believe in it, it will come to be. With all the, like, fruit. Yes. There's another acid trip. Yeah, they, they went into another, like, world where there was just fruit everywhere and rainbows. Imagination! <laughs> And in the background, it's like, oh, yeah, imagine anything you want. It's like, um, imagination. <laughs> it's good. So the, that was a song from the um, point of view of the starving, hungry factory workers about how if you just imagine that there's food, it's all going to be fine. It's another sort of acid trip thing where they just Very animated what they wanted to while they sang a song. And they 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 were set on top of grapes. Yeah. Like, if I was starving hungry, grapes are... <laughs> <laughs> You're <laughs> so angry. What if you're suffering from scurvy? You don't know their life story. Like lemons, that, like lime, it's a juicy snack. Grapes, it's like... It's like a grape is just water that you chew. Grapes are nice. Grapes are delicious. I'm not denying that. I'm You're just saying that they're not. I mean, they've had a hard day. I love work, grapes, Emily. Yeah, I'm not in a picture of cheese. Quite, they've been around it all bloody day. They, they just they, want some nice grapes to go with it. No, you want some like carbs. Cause they need carbohydrates. You want a big bowl of carbonara. Well, they're picturing. Yeah, I guess they're like chicken, sausages, and mash at some point, Can weren't they? Eat sausages. One of my friends is a pig. <laughs> well, I don't know. It, it, we definitely crossed some lines. Oh, with we the crossed food. some definite cannibal lines. Maybe and ice cream. They pitched grapes. a lot of ice cream. Yeah, there's a lot of ice cream. Did they have ice cream in the Victorian era? Mm, yeah, I'm going to say yes. I don't know. All right, then. Yes. Right. right. I'm, ca- I'm calling it. Change it on Wikipedia if I'm wrong. <laughs> I've said it now. Because Venom has said now, 
Write into us if you know the answer. Did they have ice cream in the Victorian Don't era? Don't Google it though. <laughs> Do not. Google. I will lose my shit if you Google it. <laughs> only if yeah. you literally only if you know. Know off the top of your Otherwise, head. Just keep it to yourself. Just shut up. Um, <laughs> more great songs. So oh. can I finally talk about the actual truly great oh, songs? I believe. Like, do. what was even the point of going on about the others? Because please. So we've got two. I would say two. Right. And um, can I tell you exactly when what I want to call the, the number one that yes. you might put in number two? The number one banger appears five minutes, 45 seconds into the movie. <sighs> and that would be I Hate Boys. That would be I Hate Boys. I'm shocked it's even that long because it, <laughs> So we open on it Betsy Trotwood making it. her way to Davy's birth and he's just been born and they have a bit of chat and then she storms in. She she finds out he's not a girl. Yeah. She loses her shit she and she sings it. a song that still is great. It's so good. I mean, yes, it's a bit repetitive. And like, she's great. She's she's played. She's played. I wrote it down. She's played by Andrea Martin, who you may know from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yeah, Leon. Um, and she just kills it. She's not a singer by any standards. But I'm not here to hold that against her because she's memorable. She puts her heart and soul into it. She takes what she can with these repetitive lyrics and this clunky animation and she makes a show-stopping number. Every like word is so well delivered but it's also really helped along by the animators and they definitely were like, they were shaky on bits. There were bits that were really fucking weird. Um, we can go into that later. Oh yeah. But that the animation during that song is actually, it's it's not the best, but it's really funny they're, yeah, they're and really dynamic. Yeah, they're trying to make it comic. So she has great bits where she like sweeps all the pictures of David's dad off the desk yeah. and does a little shimmy and <laughs> yeah. it's really funny. It's great. And um, yeah, it just is. Su- it's a great way to start it. It's beautiful. And like as she walks in to meet David for the first time, she walks past this choir that's just like hanging outside the balcony just like in the snow and they're just like silent night holy night and then the minute she clicks into this song you suddenly it's so genius how it reveals itself she starts singing and just in the background as you would in a song you just start hearing this she hates she hates boys she hates she She hates boys but then it like pans out the window she opens the window (laughs) and you look down and you realize the whole time it's been this choir of three, there's like a mole, a badger and a rabbit. It's like the cast of wind in the willows down there just going, she hates, she hates boys. She hates, she hates boys. And they're doing a little boogie. It's really good. <laughs> it's so good. So please tell me that that's number one. Well, you know what? I'm in between because welcome to my warehouse. As good as each other. Because can I, I I will let you because it is yours, but I didn't, because I'd only ever seen the clip of Welcome to My Warehouse, but putting it into the context of the movie, we've just met Agnes, she's just invited us around for tea, she's fucked up in her carriage, and suddenly Mr. Murdoch, or whatever his name is, who again, we will come to his voice actor in a second, um, grabs Davy by the scruff of his neck and is like, 
oh, you're going to be here now, Davy. And the doors open and it's like, bum. And it's literally like when the chandelier fucking gets revealed in Phantom of the Opera because the music starts the it's minute exactly the doors like, like It's exactly like that. And it, it's like a funky <laughs> 80s beat. It's like synth starts. The minute the doors open, there's like this music in the background as we're like looking around this factory. It's and the disco factory. <laughs> it really is. And like he's like, you're going to be here for the rest of your life, boy. And they start like stripping him down. And then like the tune starts coming and in. Yeah, and they start doing the like... Ooh, look at his shiny shoes. Look at his shirt. Meanwhile, it's like, in the background. And then it just fucking slams in with, welcome to my warehouse. And you just know for the next two and a half minutes, you're just in for pure unadulterated entertainment. Thoroughly entertaining. <laughs> They're like animating Davey getting like dragged all around the factory. He gets picked up by <laughs> random hook. Yeah, and he's probably not the strongest singer, but no. he pushes on every line and particularly the word warehouse has never been so <laughs> haunting and fun. He goes warehouse and like you can tell he's having a good time with it I hope he is I really hope he is like on the YouTube I've got it up on YouTube and it's it's literally entitled warehouse and remember this is the memory that haunted me from like age 11 that came to me remembering age 21 like to be like I feel like there's a film that I saw where someone goes warehouse and this was what it was this is what it was welcome to my warehouse you can live here in style and it okay so mr was it murdoch i believe it's mr murdoch and mr grimsby Grimsby, which was changed changed from from grinsby you and i know our trivia don't we um but Mr. Murdoch is is voiced by none other than fucking Michael York. Yes. Of like Logan's Run, Three Musketeers, Cabaret, Cabaret, and most importantly, he's Basil Exposition <laughs> in Austin Powers. <laughs> it's an incredible song. What was Michael York? Did Michael York have nothing better to do in 1993? Well, I mean, they got Sheena Easton. What's her name? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot halfway through. I suddenly wasn't sure. They got a bunch of good people for it. But I feel like it's a better cast than I realised it would be, uh, remembering it as some... Yeah. In my head, it was some really vague, mystical thing. Like, uh, much like... I mean, you know my experience with Rosie's Walk, where it's this yes. thing no one's ever heard of since. If you've heard of Rosie's Walk, write in, e- email get us. back to me. It did exist. Tweet, tweet us. Rosie the Hen went for a walk. It's, from my memory of it, as some shadowy thing I could, like, barely make out. Mm. It's both weirder, but also more normal. Because actually now yeah. it's on YouTube, and someone's commented, yeah. like, oh, I'm actually getting the DVD. And you're like, it's on DVD? <laughs> what because it always seems such an obscure thing to me. Yeah. But it also um, still has, like, I mean, I didn't remember how absurd the storyline was. And I'm still baffled by the writer and, like, 
I mean, I could sense the moment they it's gave like, up. It's like they gave up reading David Copperfield, which is, you know, fair enough. And I mean, they'd already skipped a lot, and it almost felt like they got to the point where they were like, this is ridiculous, there can't be a children's, like, yeah. movie. When we were looking at, I mean, you probably looked it up in Wikipedia as well, and when I was looking it up, it was really, um, it, uh, it was talking about how it was a of the time history of a person where it's sort of semi-autobiographical and it went off in all these different directions. Yeah. And I wonder how you can take that and ever think that you can make that into a children's thing where it, he's it, a cat. It's too much. It's definitely too much. Too like, much. I really get it. Pneumonia Just, uh, based in like, law and yeah. debt and... All yeah. that stuff that Dickens likes but isn't very interesting to All those children. autobiographical things that Dickens was like, oh, my dad was put in debtor's prison, so I'm going to put this character in debtor's prison. Yeah! Like, I don't understand how David Copperfield could never just go home. Because he could leave the factory to go into the streets to live with Mr. Micawber. I wanted wife. to talk about this. And where... I guess it was, I mean, if we're taking it from the novel, I guess you could be like, well, there's nowhere else to go. He's in a sticky situation. He just needs to keep working because otherwise he'll lose his whole fortune, blah, blah, blah. But within the realms of the cartoon where you're not supposed to understand any of that, he just keeps leaving the factory, then, like, walking, walking with his friend yeah. Mealy Potatoes home and saying... <laughs> I'm going to work out how to escape one day, Mealy. And you're uh, like, but you're in the streets. Just run for it, you're Mealy. In the streets you just did a whole song and dance out here about being street smart. <laughs> and then you're like, well, anyway, we better go back to the it, factory. So just go briefly back to street smarts, which we didn't rank in our songs, but it's definitely number three. Oh, it's definitely number three. Definitely. It was a good song. It was a banger. Street smart. So they've hollowed out a big wheel of cheese yeah. and put a lid on it and they tied him up in the car so that he can escape. And it's that classic, I love it, I live for it, I love it. He, Mealy is like on top of the cheese, like tightening the rope and the driver is like, stop tightening that rope, you've been tightening that rope for ages, get off the cart. <laughs> and Mealy's like, two seconds, I'm just checking it's tight enough. Davy, good luck my friend. You're gonna be fine. Good and luck the dr- on the wheel of cheese, Daisy. <laughs> the hollowed out wheel of cheese that you're currently tied into. And the driver's still there like, get off the cart! <laughs> and I'm just like, no one gives a shit in this movie. Like, no one If you want to get out by a cheese, that's fine. And then, and then, Agnes is in the street. Davy! 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 She's out of the... St- out on the streets, out of the gate. Davy is inside the gate in a wheel of cheese. He hears her crying, and instead of biding his time until the horse has gotten out of the gate and then getting out and saving Agnes, he decides to punch his way out of this fucking wheel of cheese, upending the cart. Me- Thank God Mealy's there, otherwise the whole plan would be fucked. And he's going, Agnes! Agnes! Thank God Mealy was there, is all I'm basically trying yeah, to say. Yeah, Mealy Potatoes is a great guy. He's <laughs> there for us all. Um, so, Davy climbs up on the roof, and then suddenly the cheese monster swoops down, mm. as happens in the book. And, he, and the cheese monster is like, I'm going to fucking kill you! But then, because the cheese monster heard Overheard. earlier in the film, in the way that Dickens foreshadows it, uh-huh. um, but when they're in the tower, yes. which is below where the cheese monster lives, yes. they um, say out loud, you mean they're planning to eat the cheese monster? They're fattening her up. 
to be eaten. And uh, that's something that's happening, and the cheese monster hears that. So when she swoops down to kill Davy, she instead just goes, Well, what are you waiting for? <laughs> run, run. Um, and so he runs, he jumps onto Agnes's horse. Yeah. They gallop away, and as Murdoch and Grimsby try and follow them, the cheese monster jumps down on top of them and crashes them with her big vulture bum. Just, oh, I died. Just to jump back to Davy's poor mum. So she, she marries, she, she agrees to marry Murdoch. And, um, and then it cuts to their wedding. And then the photographer is there, and he's like, smile, please. And she's like, oh, ha-ha. Oh, yeah. And I was like, R.I.P. Clara Copperfield. She's done well. (laughs) She's made it this far. It was so beautiful. That beautiful, incurable cough of death. Yeah. No handkerchief with blood in sight because it's like a you. Yeah. I can only assume. It's great. Yeah, it agreed. She's immediately, she has one little cough and you're like, oh, she's like, that bitch bitch is doomed. And she was. And she was. I kind of appreciated that they still killed her off. I partly thought it was going to be like, oh, she's been kept in her room and you're not going to be allowed to see her. From what I recalled, from from the little that you told me and from the little that I'd seen of it before, I'd assumed that it was like a fake out and that she would be okay. And it wasn't until Peggotty was in like black clothes in a carriage weeping that I was like, oh, they've actually killed her. Yeah. Like, they, she actually died. Like, yeah. that's pretty dark. I mean, it was no Mufasa moment. Yeah, in fairness, like, that's been done since time began in children's movies. Since time yeah, began. we've always had to meet death one way or another. But, yeah, it just, it did kind of, I think because they take so much liberty with everything else, yeah. I was like, oh, so you're actually killing Clara. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you're also like, oh, but, you know, it's, there's, there's a cheese, there's a cheese monster and, and the mold They get defeated people. by being put in a globe of cheese. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one last thing I need to mention that's written down here is um, a little meta moment where Davy and Agnes first meet. And he says, have you read The Three Musketeers? She goes, yes, of course. And he goes, I've read it five times. And he holds up his hand. But the animators had only drawn these animals to have four fingers. But David Copperfield looks at his hand, clocks that he only has four fingers, ignores it, and goes back to conversing with Agnes. It's so good. I was like, that is the funniest thing that's happened in this movie That's good. Where... David Copperfield realises he only has four fingers, as you may remember from the Dickens novel. Yeah, thanks. And it's great. Howie Mandel was um, a street smart dude. When I saw him, I was like, oh, it's that guy. He's in all sorts of things. Yeah. Didn't know that was him. I mean, that'll be his best role, for sure. Oh, 100%. Probably the role that he talks about all the time. That 1993 French-Canadian... David Copperfield Animated David Copperfield adaptation. Beautiful. Well, thank you for finally giving me an excuse to watch this movie. Thank you for letting me rewatch it. I think in ways I was disappointed, but in ways I was uh, excited. Good. That's kind of the point of this podcast. Yeah. So, what an excellent way to kick off season three. Disappointed and excited. Um, <laughs> <laughs> excellent. I've been Emily Slade. You can find me on Twitter at Emily Slade01, I believe. Why this film is on Twitter now 
at Why This Film. It's also on Instagram at Why This Film. And it's on Facebook at Why This Film Podcast. You can email into us at Why This Film Podcast at gmail.com if you have anything to say about David Copperfield, 1993, the anthropomorphic animated musical version of the Dickens classic, David Copperfield. And the best version. Arguably the best Famously version. the best version. Knowingly, traditionally, classically, <laughs> the best version. Yes, but seriously, if you watch this film as a child, I'm sure Flo would love to hear from you. Because uh, I don't think she has many friends in that department. Yeah, I would love to. I would ditch all my friends for people who'd seen this <laughs> as a child. But seriously, do email in, tweet us, Instagram us if you ever want to come on this podcast. If you ever want to do a movie, all you have to do is pick a movie you watched as a child or a teenager or a young adult. I'm not that fussy. You pick the movie, you watch it, I'll watch it. We'll come and talk about it. We'll drink a lot of alcohol. It'll be great. I want to thank Flo so much for being episode one of season three. You are so welcome. Oh, glad to be back. It was a joy. Always a chore. No? <laughs> great, thank you. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. Okay, there you go. Always a chore. <laughs> it was a dream to watch this movie. I've had a great time talking about it with about it with you can we please now turn off the microphone and sing along to some of the songs hell yes we can Woo! see you next time on why this film bye we watched the film and we talked about it but now it's time to say goodbye we'll be back again with another movie that makes you wanna ask why why is there Anyone, anyone to guide me? Is there anyone willing to stand beside me? Why This Film Podcast has a Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform that makes it easy for artists and creators to get paid. Head to patreon.com forward slash why this film podcast and you can select a tier. For £3 a month, you can join Camelot and enjoy early access to episodes, including seasons one to three. You'll get to vote in polls and get a personal shout out on the pod. For £5 a month, you can join Fern Gully with instant access to everything from Camelot. Fern Gully members can also enjoy bonus content, live episode voting power, plus access to monthly movie night. Grab your popcorn and a drink of your choice as we pajama up and watch a movie together remotely. And for £10 a month, you can join the Enchanted Forest, where on top of everything from Camelot and Fern Gully, you can be part of a live episode where we all discuss a movie chosen by you. And if you're not into 80s and 90s animated tiers, you can skip all that and make a custom pledge of an amount that suits you. Or you can head over to co-fi.com forward slash why this film podcast and buy me a coffee with a one-off payment. We will be adding hot chocolate to that coffee and probably cream and marshmallows and sprinkles, but you don't need to worry about that. Thank you to all who donate and thanks to my patron David for supporting this episode on Patreon. Why This Film Podcast is my happy place. I love chatting to guests and revisiting long lost movies and I hope you do too.